There was a big announcement yesterday about Facebook. Our colleague Deepasi Tharaman was covering it. After a lot of speculation, a lot of leaks, a lot of preparation, uh, the FTC and 48 attorneys general sued Facebook for antitrust violations. One of the attorneys general bringing these historic lawsuits is Letitia James of New York. Good morning. I want to thank all of you for joining us uh, today. On Wednesday, she laid out the case against Facebook in a virtual press conference. No company. No company should have this much unchecked power over our personal information and our social interactions. And that's why we are taking action today and standing... In their lawsuits, the attorneys general and the Federal Trade Commission called on the courts to do something to Facebook that's extremely rare. They recommended that the company be split up to Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook. And for a breakup to happen to one of the most prominent and widely used companies in the world, I mean, that's extraordinary. It's just, it's a moment. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, December 10th. Coming up on the show, the government's case to break up Facebook. Technically, there are two lawsuits against Facebook, one from the FTC and one from the states, but they're coordinating their efforts. At a high level, what is the case that the government is making against Facebook? So the FTC is saying that Facebook has maintained a monopoly in the U.S. by buying up companies that it sees as competitive threats. And so two of the big examples that the FTC cites are Instagram and WhatsApp. And the lawsuit says that Facebook moved to squelch those threats by buying the companies, reflecting CEO Mark Zuckerberg's view that it is better to buy than compete. Zuckerberg wrote those words, it's better to buy than compete, in an email in 2008. And the lawsuit says it's been Facebook's strategy for years. The government says Facebook built a social media monopoly legitimately at first by out-competing rivals like Friendster and MySpace. But the case alleges that once it got big, Facebook changed its tactics. It started trying to defend its monopoly by buying potential rivals, something that could be illegal if it's done to stifle competition. One of those rivals was Instagram, which Facebook acquired in 2012. The lawsuit says that Zuckerberg saw Instagram as a unique threat to the business. Facebook at the time was really weak on mobile. Like they hadn't fully come up with a strategy yet as to how to get users there. Mark Zuckerberg was nervous about all these mobile-oriented, image-based kind of companies that seemed to be nibbling away at Facebook's user base. There were a lot of photo-sharing companies at the time that were doing filters and, and that kind of thing. But Instagram seemed to be the one that caught their attention. And then they started noticing that people were using Instagram 
almost as much as they were using Facebook. This is clearly something that makes Mark Zuckerberg very nervous, and it makes him want to think more seriously about Instagram. Zuckerberg sent emails to other Facebook executives about Instagram's impressive growth. Those emails are now part of the government's evidence. So in February 2011, he writes to a colleague, quote, in four months, there are up to 2 million users and 300,000 daily photo uploads. That's a lot. We need to track this closely. Facebook started adding new features to its app that were just like Instagram's. But Zuckerberg was anxious that these new features weren't catching on fast enough. A couple months later, Mark specifically mentions Instagram again. He says, In the time it has taken us to get our act together on this, Instagram has become a large and viable competitor to us on mobile photos, which will increasingly be the future of photos. So it sounds like he goes from recognizing it's growing fast to then becoming fearful that it could actually compete with Facebook. Exactly. Why did he think Instagram, which was just a photo-sharing app, why did he think that could compete with Facebook, which was like an entire social network? I think partly you need to remember his personality. You know, he really is competitive. Everyone I've ever talked to who knows him has said that he's just a sharp-elbowed competitor. He likes to win. But I think what he saw here was an app that had a lot of potential, that its growth trajectory was something that could potentially hurt and put a dent into Facebook. And, you know, that to him would be losing, and he doesn't want to lose. If Zuckerberg couldn't beat Instagram, he could buy it. So in 2012, he offered to pay a billion dollars for it. The lawsuit says that such a big number reflected, quote, the significant threat that Instagram posed to Facebook's monopoly. Instagram co-founder Kevin Systrom accepted the offer, but the lawsuit suggests he didn't have much of a choice. There is this conversation that happens between Kevin Systrom and one of his investors around how, what would happen if, you know, you stepped on Facebook's toes or resisted the pressure to sell. And there's a concern in this conversation. One of them says, well, Zuckerberg could go into, quote, destroy mode. And that you could face the, quote, wrath of Mark. And that's telling. I mean, he is an incredibly competitive person. And at that point, everybody in Silicon Valley knows. So when Mark Zuckerberg comes knocking, it's pretty hard to say no, not just because you're going to say no to an enormous sum of money, but also he will try to make your life pretty difficult. The FTC, the same organization that filed one of the antitrust suits yesterday, reviewed and approved the Instagram deal in 2012. If the FTC approved the deal at the time, why are they saying it's a problem now? So the FTC put out a Q&A that directly addresses this particular question. You know, the question is, didn't you already examine and approve these deals? And they're saying that this enforcement action isn't just the acquisitions. We are challenging a, quote, multi-year course of conduct that constituted monopolization of the personal social networking market. Basically saying it's not just the acquisitions themselves, but how Facebook used those acquisitions that we're looking at now. So it's everything that they did after. So it's a pattern of behavior. Yeah, exactly. 
The next move the government highlights in this pattern of behavior was when Facebook targeted the messaging app WhatsApp in 2014. They see the popularity of WhatsApp. They see that in some countries it replaced the overall communications infrastructure. People were constantly just chatting on WhatsApp. It was vital. And Facebook wasn't that. This is something that really scared Mark. And he says so in emails that the FTC has found. One of his executives, a business growth director, predicted that WhatsApp, quote, might be the biggest threat we've ever faced as a company. At that time, the motto of Facebook was to connect the world. Well, WhatsApp was doing it and doing it quickly. They wanted to seize on that success. And again, they spent a lot of money on it. An astronomical sum. I mean, (laughs) it was $19 billion when the deal was announced. By the time it closed, the value of Facebook shares had risen so much that the value was almost $22 billion. Wow. I mean, it's a huge amount. It's still the largest acquisition that Facebook has done by far. To pay that much money for a service is just, it was extraordinary. Like with Instagram, the FTC reviewed the deal at the time and gave it a green light. And the lawsuits say Facebook didn't only go after its competitors by buying them. What the government says it did to some of the rivals it didn't acquire, that's after the break. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The government says Facebook was able to eliminate some competition by buying it up, like with Instagram and WhatsApp. But even Facebook couldn't buy up every competitor. So according to the lawsuits, Facebook also stamped out potential rivals before they could turn into a threat by limiting their access to Facebook. For years, Facebook allowed other companies to access certain parts of the social network, like your friends list. And so what Facebook had offered all these small companies is the ability to take advantage of the Facebook network. Just, you know, you build your business on our app and we'll make it easy. But the suit alleges that sometimes Facebook would cut off access for apps it deemed a threat. The FTC picks up a couple of different examples of developers who built businesses on the Facebook platform. And so one very clear example of this is Vine. Do you remember Vine? Of course, the app that had the six-second videos with all the great memes. Yes. Damn! Daniel, back at it again with the white bands. Vine gets this relationship with Facebook where you can find Vine friends via Facebook. So anybody you're friends with on Facebook, you can find them on Vine. But what happens is Vine gets really popular and then get purchased by Twitter. And a Facebook executive says, hey, unless anyone raises objections, we're going to shut down their friends' access today. Why? The implication in the lawsuit is that Vine got too big for Facebook's comfort. And they didn't like that this competitor, the social platform competitor, was building a successful business on the back of Facebook. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg writes, yep, go for it. That's a really clear example of how the FTC is trying to show that Facebook uses its developer platform as a cudgel. 
Deepa says Facebook has several defenses to the antitrust lawsuits. The first is that the FTC already had a chance to block the Instagram and WhatsApp deals at the time of the acquisitions. And this is Facebook's argument, which is, you know, this is revisionist history. This is literally the quote from their general counsel. The company thinks that the FTC is trying to go back on a deal that they approved. This is something that Mark said in an antitrust hearing earlier this year. Well, Congressman, I I think the FTC had all of these documents and reviewed this and unanimously voted at the time not to challenge the acquisition. Facebook also says it's unfair to look back at Instagram and WhatsApp and assume they were always destined to become so dominant. I mean, I think with hindsight, it probably looks like obvious that Instagram would have reached the scale that it has today. But at the time, it was far from obvious. A lot of the The Facebook argument, too, is they have put billions of dollars into these companies to try to expand them, extend them, make them more robust and build them out. And that these companies owe their success in large part to Facebook's investments. So Instagram, they argue, wouldn't have been as big had Facebook not bought it. So you're just mad at us because we are successful. It could take years for this to play out in the courts. But if Facebook loses and does get broken up... It would be extraordinary if that were to happen. It's a high bar. Mark Zuckerberg has said that a breakup of these companies, it would be an existential problem for Facebook. He's told employees that he's used the word existential. You know, these companies are essential to the way Facebook can reach everybody in the world. This is how he can connect the world. And so the fact that we're talking about a breakup, that's not something he's going to take lightly. What do you think is going to happen next? (laughs) Facebook has to respond, which they have publicly at this point. They'll have to respond legally. There'll be a bunch of legal challenges. I think this is going to be a really difficult bitter fight. I mean, I think it's going to be, if Facebook thinks it's existential, and they are going to fight this very hard, and our expectation is so will uh, the FTC. But for now, this is the big shot across the bow. What do you think that this big shot across the bow, this lawsuit will mean for Silicon Valley? I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the last year or so that just, they ask me, like, okay, well, tell me how what Facebook did, how is it illegal? How is it illegal to be competitive? And these are questions that the FTC will have to address and will have to explain, some of which they've done already. But there's a feeling that, you know, Facebook is... You have to remember that, you know, you come to Silicon Valley and a lot of people really admire Facebook, right? They came here because Facebook made it big. And so a lot of people come to the Valley to try to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. There's a part of me that wonders if that'll change, you know, the type of people that might come here or they'll have to reimagine their ambition. At the same time, there's another argument, which is maybe this is the kind of thing that lets the next Mark Zuckerberg come to life. So maybe then you have a ton of these really thriving companies all of a sudden, and maybe that's a good thing. That's all for today, Thursday, December 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. 
Additional reporting in this episode by Jeff Horwitz, Brent Kendall, and John McKinnon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.